to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres, to keep up with my book launch, book tour, signings, all that good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. Uh, very excited to have Vijay Nadador on the line today. He's the co-founder and CEO of Stride.ai, Inc. Uh, Vijay, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, uh, thank you so much, Adam, for having me. Really appreciate it. So I, um, I, I noticed you're, uh, you have a pretty heavy background in tech and, and also entrepreneurship. Um, before we get into what you're doing with Stride.ai, Inc., let's just start with your background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? How did you get inspired? Oh, it's a very interesting question. So, uh, you know, my story is very different because uh, I think I would like to call myself an accidental entrepreneur. So uh, this is back in the day when I graduated from grad school back in 2012. So I had an opportunity to work for a pretty large corporation. I was super excited. I was going to take the job. But there were some situations that compelled me to work uh, at the university for the next six to nine months. And during that time, uh, what happened is I was pretty uh, fascinated with what uh, AI could do um, for languages, right? And then I started working on a pet project. That pet project uh, started getting traction. Like people were like very impressed. People were uh, asking me, "Hey, why don't you start up? Because it seems so promising. You made uh, tremendous progress." So I decided not to go ahead and take the job with that large corporation. Uh, packed my bag, uh, decided to move back to India, uh, pursued this project, uh, built a team, and within like nine months, uh, we had a real business. <laughs> That's how I got started. Wow. So, so I have to ask you because no, nothing's ever that simple. Um, so <laughs> what, what did the people around you, how, what did they say around about this time? Because I'm guessing everybody wasn't like, oh, this is a great idea. Go start your own business. Don't take uh, this nice, safe job. What were the people <laughs> around you telling? Tell well, I, I, Adam, you, you, got, you got to the pressing question. So what? obviously, I mean, like, you know, as some people were encouraging, but a lot of them were discouraging, which includes uh, family and friends. So people were like, are you uh, going to be able to pull off a show as an entrepreneur? Or is this really, does this really have a product market fit? And all those typical questions that people throw around you, right? So uh, in my case, it was, again, no different. And people did ask me pressing questions that, who is your audience? Whom are you going to sell it to? Do you have experience in building a business model canvas? Um, have you done this in the past? And so many questions. But my, my answer or my gut uh, or my intrinsic belief was people do start at some point, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You cannot always be a serial entrepreneur. You cannot start your fifth venture as your first venture. So you have to start somewhere. You have to take a chance. Uh, call it the gut, the karma, or whatever it is. Uh, you have to take a chance. And uh, I did pursue that. I was Here's my um, uh, sincere advice to people. It's like, you know, uh, even if you fail, uh, if you have, like, two advanced degrees, uh, you're definitely going to land up a job, right? So it's never a problem. So you already have the safety net of your education. So if perfectly okay to go ahead and give it a shot, 
you know, and if you're pretty sincere on it and keep pursuing it tirelessly and are so passionate about it, the, there's a pretty good chance that you will uh, succeed at some point. And that's how it started for me. Wow. And yeah, I, and I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, well, I, I, I wish I wasn't a serial entrepreneur. If the businesses that I started when I was a teenager, if those had succeeded, I'd be retired. No, nah, I wouldn't be <laughs> retired, but, but I'd love to not have that. I'd love to be to say, hey, yeah, that, that original idea when I was in college and, you know, Facebook was getting started. Yeah, I just cashed out on that one. And uh, no, I'm still just working on some side projects. Definitely not a serial entrepreneur. Wow. <laughs> I love your, your story, though, and I love how it came about, and I love the fact that you stuck with it. What would your What would your advice be to somebody that, you know, they have uh, – and I know everybody's past is going to be different, but what they have this idea, they have this dream, um, and, and they're thinking about doing it, but they just haven't jumped off that, you know, jumped off that cliff to kind of go to that next step. I mean, what, what, would, you, what would you tell that person? Uh, so, uh, you know, right, I mean, this popular thing goes that uh, an entrepreneur is the person who jumps off the flight, and before he hits the ground, he or she's going to build a parachute for himself or herself, right? So uh, uh, that's pretty much the ga- name of the game, I would say. So you've got to take a chance. Yes, uh, there are more qualitative and definitive ways to do it in today's date and time. So you will identify who is your target audience, uh, what's the product market fit, how is the business model going to evolve? But I would say, right, to anybody who wants to start, don't waste your time focusing on these things because these are going to serve more as deterrents and you will never start. When you overthink, you never start. So my advice would be go ahead and start. Do something. You will make mistakes. So uh, fall in love with the problem that you're going to solve, not the solution. Your first solution is always a terrible one. Your second is bad. Your third is bad. Maybe fifth, sixth time you get it right, and do it faster. Fail fast, learn fast. That's exactly my advice, and because that's exactly how I survived my journey and uh, turned out to be pretty good, I would say. That's awesome, and I, I completely agree with you. It's like you know, you got to start. I talk to people all the time. I do quite a bit of consulting on on writing books and other things, and I'll I'll talk to someone and they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm twenty thousand words in," and I'm like, "Okay, well, well, get it done. You're done. Come on, let let's publish. Do something." And and it's it's really tricky though because that idea, and I tell people the exact same thing. I'm sorry. Guess what? Your first book's not going to be the best one you ever write. It's just not going to be. You got to get to that second or third. You got to just keep on going um, and you can improve on what you've done in the past but you gotta if you don't get out there and see what how people are actually perceiving you then you're never going to know and if you don't know how the audience is actually perceiving you then you're just in your head and, and none, none of those things give you a shot long term um, absolutely i cannot agree more with you that Let's uh, let's switch it up a bit, Vijay. I want to talk more about what you're doing as a uh, co-founder and CEO over at Stride.ai Inc. So, what what are you doing, and how do you help your clients? Okay, so at Stride AI, we call ourselves uh, uh, AI-driven process automation and uh, digital transformation company. So we predominantly work with large banks. Um, we automate the processes that require a lot of reading efforts in the sense, right? Think about it. Uh, uh, every bank or financial services organization is going to get uh, deal with a lot of documents or data online. So what do they do? Uh, they end up having analysts read them, extract the data, put it in some format either for 
you know, analytics or for consuming it in some downstream application. So 80% of time is spent on doing things that are not very useful. I mean, uh, show of hands, how many of you love to read 100 contracts every day and analyze them? I am mean, yeah. sure nobody does. <laughs> but the point is you have to do it. It's part of the job. Uh, it could be for compliance, it could be for regulation, or it could be for simple digital transformation. So reading is the biggest bottleneck that does not allow banks to scale. We come in and automate your boring, dull, redundant, mundane tasks so that your bank can do more uh, focused or productive tasks or basically challenge people to do more intellectually stimulating things rather than the mundane tasks that are assigned to them every single day. What are some of the trends you're noticing in AI and the financial industry? I'm just curious. So, yeah, that's a very interesting thing, right? So uh, now AI and the financial industry, its a, according to me, it's a perfect marriage, right? Because A, uh, financial services sector is heavily regulated, which means if you are going to rely on humans to meet compliance, you're going to spend a lot of time and you're going to spend a lot of money and you're not going to fully mitigate the risk because humans are prone to errors. Like, I mean, think about it. Would you have the same energy levels or the enthusiasm levels at 8 in the morning after your first cup of coffee and compare yourself at 7 o'clock in the evening? It's impossible, right? So, so machines are reliable, consistent. They don't have any biases. So naturally, they are going to produce consistent, quicker outcomes. Uh, Obviously, when you marry that with uh, human abilities to cross-verify things, you made a system more powerful. That's one way to look at it. Uh, Another thing is, right, uh, the AI in the financial industry can solve a lot of problems, but also there are a lot of constraints. So we don't think any bank is willing to give you thousands of samples because, A, uh, the rules uh, and regulations would not permit them to do. Uh, B, they might not even have access to the data, right? But we all know data is extremely powerful and it can solve the problem. So I think there needs to be a fundamental innovation, a fundamentally new approach to solving these problems. Because once you do that, you're going to be able to add more value to your end customer. Let's talk about some of the um, the limitations there. And the reason I say that is because some people get really uh, get get really paranoid just about the word because it's still pretty new about the way you know the way it's being integrated into society. I guess. The two most popular words right now in innovation would be what AI and blockchain, right? Those are Tell the me about words. it. So I mean, let's just talk a little bit about the limitations of AI and maybe explain a, a little, just a little uh, bit about you know how it works. Um, the so I, I, I mean, I'm so thankful you asked this question. It's a very valid question, and uh, there is a misplaced sense of fear, right? So let me kind of like you know. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example from a couple of days back when I spoke at UCLA's Anderson School of Business. So uh, I showed the students, who were, uh, the MBA students who were part of my talk, uh, I showed them two fancy-looking cars, and I asked them, which one do you think is more AI-driven? So uh, most of the people picked up the one with was black and shiny. My, I said, like, it's just a car. There's no AI behind it. Why do you say it's AI? So people really don't know what AI is. So then let's take a step back and try to define what is intelligence, right? If I, I'm going to show you a, a black color pen and ask you what's the color of the pen, naturally you'll say, oh, it's black. Uh, then I ask you the second question, 
how do you define black? Then you start thinking, ah, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, black is an, ab it, it's color is an abstract concept and languages give you the power to define an abstract concept and make you do it so quickly that you don't even realize the reasoning behind how did you identify black, right? So that is what intelligence. So artificial intelligence can be defined as machine's ability to mimic human intelligence. And by human intelligence, what I say is the power to reason, the power to deduce, the power to uh, uh, infer, the power to correlate. So this is what artificial intelligence, the, the basic steps in artificial intelligence evolve. But obviously we end up talking about, you know, all the statistical machine learning and uh, all the new uh, deep learning models that are very popular. But all roads lead to Rome, that's it. All the steps are going to be revolving around the steps that I mentioned earlier. So this is artificial intelligence. So the misplaced fear is AI is going to take away jobs and there's going to be robotic revolution. See, AI is not going to take away jobs. It's going to make a job more interesting. It's going to take away mundane part of a job. So again, I, I repeat the question. Are you excited to read 100 documents every day and punch it back into an Excel sheet? Probably not. I mean, you're smarter than that. To, you, 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 you can do much better than that, right? So what if your mundane tasks are automated and more intellectual stimulating tasks come your way? Yes, I do understand the argument that, yeah, sometimes inherently, like, not everybody's gifted and, like, some people cannot do some things. So that's something we need to uh, talk about it on a different context, right, more from the regulation perspective, more from a policy perspective and the governments and all the non-governments, the job seekers, the job creators, maybe all of us come together and look at new ways of working. That's, again, a different topic. So I guess... Yeah, Lack of understanding of the key concepts of AI is making uh, people uh, feel too uh, scared about it, or it's just a misplaced notions, I would say. No, that's great. Um, great, and I and I agree with that. And I I figured you were the right person to ask the question to because I I don't know why I just had that feeling. Um, <laughs> oh, I talked to a lot of AI you. guys, and I, I had a feeling you'd be able to break it down. Um, so if somebody if somebody's listening to this, a lot a lot of financial institutions, C level execs uh -huh. listen to this show. If somebody's listening and they're saying, hey, you know, maybe we need to take a look at how we can um, automate some processes. Um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with Stride.ai? <laughs> Oh, perfect. They would, uh, I would be happy to reveal my email ID, which would be V as in Victor, R as in Roger, N as in November, at the rate stride.ai, V-R-N at stride.ai. If they can shoot me an email and give me the reference of this uh, podcast, I will be happy to personally give them a demo of this. Ah, oh, fantastic. So, hey, VJ, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, spending some time educating myself and the listeners. To the listeners, as always, thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, like, comment, do all those things you're supposed to do on podcasts to help promote. I really appreciate it. And, VJ, uh, thanks again. Thanks for coming on the show.